Hello and welcome to another edition of Ask the Experts here on City News 570. I'm joined today by Faisal Suziwala. Faisal is ranked within the top five real estate brokers in the world for REMAX. He's also Canada's top real estate broker. Faisal started his career at the young age of 18 and has been delivering outstanding results for over 30 years now. He doesn't look it, though, most notably with our uh, with REMAX Twin City Realty. Faisal is here today to talk about buying new versus buying resale, real estate fraud, and why you need to get yourself title insurance. Welcome back to the show, Faisal. Thanks for having me on, Brock. Listeners, if you are interested in any of the information we discuss over the next hour, please reach out to Faisal. You can start your journey at homeshack.com. You can call him directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Later in the show, we might get a chance to talk with Faisal about his book as well, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. That book is currently available on Amazon, on Audible, and on Kindle as well. In the meantime, so much to talk about as as we always have in these hours. Uh, Faisal, we've just turned the page to February. Spring is just uh, four weeks away, according to the predictors. What does the market look like right now? Well, it feels like spring this week, doesn't it? Starting to warm up. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. So the market has been actually performing quite well. I'm surprised at the number of people that are starting to come back into the market. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we had that rate increase. Uh, That increase really hasn't impacted long-term rates. In fact, some of the banks have actually lowered their long-term lending rates, which has fueled even more the market and buyers are now starting to rethink their idea of putting things on hold and I know we're going to talk a little bit about some of the questions that buyers have but I'm certainly seeing multiple offers coming back into the market Uh, we've had a phenomenal run in the later part of January and the beginning of February here Uh, I currently have a listing that um, has had over 80 viewings in the last five days. So we certainly are expecting multiple offers on that. And uh, be sure to check out my Instagram page to see what that property sells for when it does. When you talk about that idea of 80 viewings, that means that you can sell one house. There's still 79 uh, other people that are out there interested in in getting themselves either a home or an investment property or something like that. So there's there is a hunger in the market right now. Yes, and this is what people don't realize that in any given market, there are always going to be buyers, there are always going to be sellers, there's always opportunity in times of crisis. So this is not necessarily, you know, people say, well, is this a good time to buy? Well, is it a good time for you is the question you should ask, because it's always a good time for someone. And it's always a bad time for others. I I, I really like that point. Is it, is it a good time for you? You have to you have to look at your own life and and where you're at and are you ready to to take that uh, that jump um you had sent me an article and I, I was reading through it today and just amazing the information that i that i pulled out of this this idea we know real estate's always hot news but lately real estate fraud is also this hot button topic uh this article that you had sent me was talking about the fact that almost almost uh, it's a simple thing where someone can can transfer ownership of property from one person to another. And it's it's one of those things, it's a, it's a slippery slope, I, I think for sure. There are a lot of fraudsters out there. There's a lot of scams. We all hear about it in the news and we always think it's not 
going to happen to us or it's never happened to somebody I know. So I'm not really going to worry about it. But uh, there was a local, um, well, not that far away in the GTA situation where someone's home was sold out from underneath them while they were away on a business uh, mm. extended business trip. And when you look at that, now it has to be a sophisticated sort of scam to to make someone's home sort of disappear from ownership. Um, lawyers, realtors, um, bankers, possibly mortgage brokers. We don't know the. It's still under investigation, from my understanding. So we don't know what exactly transpired there. But with the with the introduction, especially in COVID, of DocuSign. Mm -hmm. um, video conferencing, um, not meeting in person with your lawyer uh, to get uh, the final closing document signed, not meeting in person to get offers signed. And, you know, things like ID, for example. So during um, during COVID, you know, Zoom calls were very popular, uh, even closing transactions. In fact, even today, Zoom calls and signing over Zoom. So basically, I'm watching you, you're watching me on a Zoom video. I'm showing you my passport, my driver's license um, over a Zoom video. I'm signing the documents on DocuSign. The lawyer on the other side receives the documentation. Everything seems pretty legit. Now, that passport or driver's license, there are sophisticated programs that are available that you can download for free, uh, like Canva and other programs that allow you to prepare these images. And if without the touch and feel of mm -hmm. that driver's license, you may not be able to tell if that is a uh, authentic uh, piece of paper or an authentic passport or identification. And this is one way that I think some of these fraudsters have been able to get away with it. Now, beyond that, you know, obviously there are many steps of due diligence that are required in order to sell a property. Um, so there had to have been missteps by lawyers, by realtors, by land registry, by the bankers, by the mortgage brokers. So I don't know how someone could create that situation and everything slips through the crack. Uh, but there are other opportunities that people will take, such as mortgaging your home without right. your knowledge. And that is probably done more frequently. And we hear about that. And it's done silently where the homeowner may not even realize until they get uh, a call from a collection agency saying, hey, you haven't paid your mortgage in the last three, three, three months. And they're saying, well, what are you talking about? I paid off my house 12 years ago or 20 years ago, or I've never had a mortgage on my home. Why are you calling me? So that is what we are trying to protect our clients from and I've certainly been reaching out to many of my clients saying if you don't have protections in place now is the time to do it if something like this was to happen and we know that it's illegal is it an easy reverse or are you in to lots of litigation you're in the court system to try and prove to to everyone hey this is my property it doesn't belong to someone else it sounds like it just it becomes this enormous headache if you don't have certain things in place ahead of time. So, so what we need to have in place is very simple. It's called title insurance. Right. If you have title insurance on your property, you are now protecting yourself 
you're protecting your lender. You're also protecting yourself from any missteps that a lawyer may have um, missed during the closing of a transaction. So first of all, that title insurance can be taken out at the time of the purchase of your home. So you, I sell my home to you. Your lawyer will say, well, you know, the lender wants title insurance because they're putting a mortgage on the property and, and most lenders will ask for that. It's interesting. Title insurance is not a requirement by law, but I certainly highly recommend that you have it. And I, I don't think I've ever met a lawyer that does not recommend that you have it or insist that you have it. Certainly a lender, like any of the banks, will insist that you get title insurance because it protects them. It protects you. And what it's protecting you from is, first of all, unknown title defects. Okay. So things such as um, anything that could prevent you from having clear title, um, liens against the property, right. um, any anything that may have been missed, such as utility payments, mortgage payments, tax payments, condominium fees that a previous owner um, maybe forgot about or just didn't pay and it slipped through the cracks, nobody discovered it, and you were never made aware of it, well, your title insurance will cover that. Um, it'll, it'll cover things such as encroachments. That could be your shed is built on two feet of your neighbor's property or your right. neighbor's fence is encroaching on your property and so or vice versa. Now, as long as you did not have prior knowledge of this defect, you can now claim against your title insurance to say, look, my neighbor is now asking me to move my $20,000 shed off of his property. Well, that would get covered under that. Um, title fraud, you know, we talked about um, registering of mortgages, um, things such as um, uh, just be, basically becoming a victim of fraud by somebody registering a, a mortgage or selling your home or trying to sell your home or put a second mortgage or a third mortgage on your home. That's basically the fraud that we're trying to protect against. And then errors in surveys or public records. So if the survey was done incorrectly, and now nowadays, if you go in to purchase a home um, and you ask for a survey, most sellers don't even know if they have a land survey because right. ever since title insurance came into play, it almost replaced the need of a survey. And a, and a lender, a mortgage lender, said, as long as you're title insured, we're not worried so much about landlines and that type of thing. If you're um, buying a property, get your title insurance, and we won't worry about you spending $2,000 or $3,000 to get a survey for the land. So those are things that it will automatically cover if there's a problem. Now, if you don't have title insurance, all of those things that you mentioned are going to come into play. The important information for us to uh, to touch on. And I'd like us to come back to it, actually. We're coming up on a break here on Ask the Experts. When we come back, title insurance, why you need it, what should what should it be costing you, who can get it, we'll, we'll tap into all of Faisal's information, all of his knowledge as we continue here. So stay with us here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, The Real Deal, billion-dollar real estate broker, Faisal Walla. Listeners, if you would like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, faisal at homeshack.com. One of these days, I want to find out about 
what Home Shack means. Sounds like that one's been around for a while. Uh, <laughs> I just picking up on that, looking at that, going, that's what a great title. Uh, before the break, you shared with us the idea that, uh, you know, someone can easily and illegally transfer ownership of property. And we started talking about this idea of title insurance. You explained how important it is for us. So who who is able to get title insurance when when you're dealing with uh, one of the the largest purchases uh, in in your in your life really? So anybody that is buying residential or commercial property can get title insurance. So it can be on your vacation home, on your land purchase, on your commercial purchase, on your residential, on your cottage, on um, on your condominium. So basically, it pretty much covers anything that you're taking title to that involves land and building or land alone okay so as long as there's land involved and you're taking title to land title insurance is available to you um generally speaking when you're buying a new home that's a that's a given your lawyer is going to insist that you get title insurance and your lender is going to insist that you get title insurance um now in many instances a buyer may say, well, you know what? I'm buying this property in cash. Mm. I'm buying this cottage with cash. I have no mortgage. So that's where things start slipping through the cracks. So the lawyer is now not being instructed by a mortgage company to get title insurance because they're not at risk because they're not lending anything. The buyer figures, well, I'll save myself some costs. I don't Maybe the lawyer doesn't even mention to the buyer that they should get title insurance because they're not being instructed by anybody to ask the buyer to get it. So that's where things can get a little hairy. Now you don't have title insurance. You buy this cottage. Somebody does a search and you can get a lot of information that's all available. It's all public records, whether or not somebody's got a mortgage on their home. You can pull the pin and find out if there's a mortgage on that specific home. And now you have data which informs you that there isn't. Somehow you get the right people fraudulently to register a mortgage on that property. Now you have a problem. Right. You don't have title insurance. You're going to end up in basically court trying to defend your position that you never took this the lender is going to be coming after you there's going to be a lien on your property so even after the fact let's say you've owned your home for 40 years 30 years ago 40 years ago title insurance wasn't a thing mm -hmm. this is more apparent and it has been more of a requirement i would say probably in the last 20 to 25 years it's been a very common common occurrence so now if you have owned a home, did not have a mortgage on it, did not, you can call up your lawyer today and ask them to place title insurance on your property. Uh, or there might be uh, title insurance companies you can contact directly. I would just feel better about calling my lawyer and asking my lawyer to investigate this and put title insurance on my property. So it doesn't have to be done at the at the time of the sale necessarily. And you're saying if it's not double check, if you don't have it in place, go make sure that's one of the things that uh, you put at the top of your to do list. Is the cost of title insurance is it based on uh, the cost of the the property value, like the property value, the home value? How is that determined? Yeah, so there's a few factors involved there. One is the value of your home, absolutely. The other is whether or not you have a mortgage on it. 
how many mortgages you have on it, what the amount of the mortgage is on it. So all of that will play into fact. But here's the beauty of title insurance. Unlike other insurance policies, um, you pay a premium one time upfront and you never have to pay a premium again. As long as you own the property, even after you have passed on in your, it goes to your inheritance, um, those um, beneficiaries are not going to be uh, required to get title insurance on that property again, because it will stay with the title of that property. Um, the cost is relatively low, in my opinion, uh, anywhere from $500 to maybe $1,000. I did a quick scenario um, just to get an idea. So if you have a $900,000 home with a $500,000 mortgage on it, the title insurance worked out to around $650 to $700. One time okay. upfront fee, and then you're fully protected and insured. Um, so I would say that's a relatively low cost for peace of mind to know that if something bad were to happen and someone were to register a mortgage on your home or try to sell your house, you are fully protected for that amount. Peace of mind. That, that's a, that's a, a great deal for peace of mind. If something was to, to, to go through and all of a sudden there was some fraudulent action against your, your property, are there red flags that come up fairly quickly or is this something that might months might go down the road before you finally uh, hear that that someone's attempted to do this or that it's in the place what what role does the insurance play in letting you know that someone's attempting to do this to, with your with your property well it's, it's really the other way around the insurance wouldn't yeah. know anything about it it would be you informing once you find out so i guess right. the the in, in the case of the uh of somebody you know selling your home out from underneath you while you're away you're either going to show up at your home and someone else is living in it uh or there's a u-haul truck out parked outside ready to move in and you're saying what's going on here um in most instances it's not that it's a collection agency right. calling you saying you've missed your mortgage payments for the last month or two months or three months uh or you get a notice in the mail from a lawyer saying that they're putting you under power of sale because you haven't made mortgage payments and that, that's going to take possession or foreclose on your home. So these are the signs that you're going to get pretty quickly. I think, you know, most lenders are not that generous to let you go for a couple of months. You're, you're going to get notices fairly soon, but the damage is already done and the money has already been extracted. Now that's when you need to reach out to your title insurance company to say, what are you going to do to protect me? A, you want to make sure you have title insurance to, to lean on for someone. It, we know that uh, that insurance policies, there's there are certain things that they don't cover. What happens when it comes to title insurance? What isn't covered with title well, insurance? So, so title insurance will not cover known title defects. So if you already knew coming into something that there is a lien on this property um, from years and years ago, and you're still buying this property knowing that you can't buy it saying, well, I'll just go ahead and get title insurance. And a week later, I'll make a claim. If, if the homeowner has said to you, Hey, by the way, just so you know, I built my shed on my neighbor's property. One of these days is going to knock on your door. Well, now you can't make that claim, but if they didn't know, and you didn't know, well, that's fine. Environmental hazards like soil contaminations, again, known items like an oil, underground oil tank that right. was buried, you know, years ago. Well, that may be something you go to your insurance company for. Um, native land claims, 
So right. if you know that's something that you know they're not going to cover. Um, any any anything that would only be discovered by getting a new survey or getting a new inspection that would not be covered. Okay, um, but again, things that were um, not listed in public records. So if it's something that no one would have normally have found out about, it wouldn't be covered. So you don't look at it and say, well, you know, if my if I get a crack in my foundation, I'm going to go for title insurance. That's that's your home insurance. So there's right. two. It's just protecting your ownership and fraud against your ownership, zoning bylaw violation. So let's okay. say that you have a home and it's a legal duplex, but somehow it's been turned into a fourplex and you have four units and the bylaw officer knocks on your door and says, no, 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 no. You've got to make this back into two units. We're capping off the other two units. You're not right. covered. That's a zoning bylaw. Uh, infraction or zoning infraction that you have to worry about yourself. Things like damages due to flood, sewer backups, general wear and tear, theft uh, is not covered under that. So things that normally are covered by your home insurance company are not because your home insurance company will not cover title fraud or somebody registering a mortgage on your property. Good to know. So buyer beware, do your due diligence, Get your homework done. Lots of things. It, again, we just said it's it's going to be one of the largest purchases you make in your lifetime. We do need to take a break. We'll get an update from the City News 570 News Center. When we come back, what concerns are home buyers facing these days? Stay with us here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker, Faisal Suziwala. If you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email as well, Faisal at homeshack.com. Before the break, Faisal, we were talking about concerns around uh, fraud when it comes to uh, to home ownership and, and, and always being aware of the things that are going on around you and doing your homework and, and making sure that you're following through with your due diligence. What, what other sorts of concerns right now are, are buyers facing before they make this big purchase? Well, buyers right now, you know, we're in, in, in unknown territory for a lot of buyers because for the last five to seven years, the market has just been very positive. Uh, people have been able to enter without a lot of barriers for entry. Interest rates have been very low. So there are really four questions that buyers are asking that I'm aware of. And the number one question is, is this the right time to buy? And as we said earlier in the program, that I always respond with, is this the right time for you? Um, are you stretching your budget? If, if the answer is yes, then no, it's not. Is there uncertainty at work? Then it's not. Are you afraid of losing your job? Then it's not. So you've got to look at, are you borrowing your down payment? Then it's not. So these are all things that a buyer needs to ask themselves. And as we've discussed in previous shows that, yes, the prices have come down and interest rates have gone up. Um, herd mentality has been sort of normal in our, in our real estate industry where everybody's buying, so I'm going to buy. Everybody's selling, so I'm going to sell. Nobody's doing anything, so I won't do anything. That is not the right attitude. If we look at, yes, the rates have gone up, but the prices have come down significantly. So therefore your purchase price 
equates to your mortgage payment because even with a higher rate, the lower price will keep your mortgage payment in balance. So you could have bought that house for $800,000 at 3% interest rate. Now that same home you can buy for five fifty dollars at 45 or 5% interest rate. So your payment will remain the same. But in now you have access to that home. You're not necessarily um, you know, having major competition. Inventory levels have increased, so you have better selection. So it's not necessarily uh, a bad time to buy. So most buyers are thinking, well, I'll just wait on the sidelines. But what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for everybody else to say, I want to buy? Because if you're going to wait for that, you're also going to start paying premiums at that time. So look at your situation and see if it's the right time for you. Are you qualified? Do you have the down payment? Do you have the access? Do you have the security? And if the answers are yes, then absolutely it's the right time to buy. Because purchasing a home is not a short-term decision. It's something you're going to own for five, seven, 10 years. And again, I've said this in the past that I've never looked back five years and said, oh, I'm glad I didn't buy that. Or I'm glad I sold that. You right. always look in the rearview mirror five years down and you say, I'm glad I bought five years ago because I'm enjoying the benefits of the appreciation that I have today as a result of that good decision, regardless of rates and regardless of what the purchase price was. And and you bring up that point about you know the the, the shift in the home prices, the shift in in the, the rates as well. It's the same home, right? Whether you had done it then or or now, and and if that's if if that's the be all and the end all, that idea of home ownership for you is as we said before, you that's your castle, right? You you it's still yours, right? Now the bank might have it for a little while, but it's still yours, and and it's it's it we we can that's a big check off the the our, our to do list, our bucket list as we as we go through life as well. It is. And, you know, if you look at just home ownership, home ownership allows you and affords you so much growth because you can use that asset as leverage to invest, to buy other items using lines of credits as you have the space, as you pay down your mortgage. It can be something as simple as being able to help your kids go to university because there's access now. And, and yes, there are struggles to get to that point, but that's the minimum foundation that one needs in order to create wealth. And, and I think every person should have that in their mind. And I know our um, new generation, you know, feels that, you know, renting, leasing is probably the way we're going to go. It's going to be, but there won't be creation of wealth if that's the mm -hmm. attitude one has. Absolutely. That idea of you and, and you've you've said it time and time again, it's a long game, right? And if you can get into the game early and and keep going, even if it's just baby steps at the beginning, it does make uh, it does make a, a difference down the road. And, and it, it, it builds up that that access. They always say you need money to make money. And this is one of those things that uh, it it helps you when uh, when you can get your foot in the door, especially when it comes to home ownership and and, and owning property as well. Absolutely. The, 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 the second point that I want to make with, with buyers and the, and the question they ask often is, well, will the, price to, the prices still keep coming down? Will sellers keep reducing their prices? So we've seen this constant um, movement where prices have come down and they continue to come down. But you have to look at the reasoning behind why those prices are coming down. Are those sellers folks that are still looking at what happened 
in the peak of the market and pricing according to that. If they're pricing according to what happened in the market, then yes, you can expect prices to come down. But if you're looking at folks that are in real time, looking at the current rates, saying this is what the valuation is of my home today based on data, and we're, we're publishing charts every month as to what the data is. We're doing comparison charts. I do this on my social media each month, showing what the, what the sale price was a year ago, what the sale price is today. And you have to look at it. So if you see the average home price was $900,000 a year ago, Mm-hmm. And that average home today is still asking 900000 Yes, you can bet they're going to have to d- reduce the price. Right. But don't judge the entire market on the fact that one or two people are still holding on to that past dream of getting that peak market. So prices will continue to come down if interest rates continue to increase. Right. It's just a given. That's the only balance there is. Rates go up, prices come down. But don't expect prices to continue falling as the rates stabilize. And what we're seeing right now in the marketplace is that the rates have stabilized. We're Mm. seeing that they have not. In fact, they've started coming down. So what that's going to do, first of all, in the spring, the market peaks anyways. So you can expect a little bit of an uptick coming into the spring market. So again, if you're thinking about buying, maybe get ahead of that rush. We know that our region uh, enjoys a lot of um, movement into our region from Milton, Mississauga, Brampton, Oakville, Burlington. Those folks typically want to move in June, July, and August so they can settle in before school starts in September. So you want to beat that rush. You may want to buy in February or March to beat that rush. So these are all things that one should consider. But as far as prices continuing to be reduced by sellers, Unless they're overpriced, I don't think you're going to see that. I'm seeing multiple offers each day on my listings, even at this point. All right. So the idea is, is it the right time to buy? Will the prices keep coming down? What What are the what two? You've got two other main points. What other What other uh, kinds of things should people be uh, considering right now? So we have individuals out there that are saying the market is going to crash. You know, the market is going to crash. It happened in 2008. Uh, it's going to happen again. It, it all feels the same. But you have to remember that what happened in 2008 was a predatory lending that was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it, it was just the Wild West. It was just complete. You know, we talked about fraud earlier. And it was unregulated markets, subprime mortgages. Like it was just a different market. And a lot of it was in the US. Right. And it sort of filtered into our market. Banks started pulling back. Lenders didn't want to lend. All of that started happening. And that was a very different market. We have checks and balances. We have stress tests. We have um, you know, CMHC rules that one has to follow. Um, the banks are governed very, very uh, strictly in Canada, and we don't see that type of reaction here. So if you're basing it on what you saw on CNN in 2008 and what you continue to hear is happening in the market today um, in the U.S., that's not a true reflection of what's going to happen here. And look, you're going to have I've heard people saying since 2016 that the market is going to crash. And maybe those folks can say today, see, I told you the market crashed. But what they don't realize is what was the gain from 2016 to 2022? The gain was astronomical. In fact, we've talked about this, that from March of 2020, from COVID, the start of COVID, 
to March of 2022, we had a 68% rise in values in this region. So now we've given back 35% of that. We're still up. So did right. the market crash? Not really. It came down from its inflation or the inflated balloon that it was in, but it didn't bust and crash to nothing. And that's what people, if they're holding out for that, I don't think they're going to see that and they're going to be disappointed when they see the turnaround, which I do expect to see. Um, and the last question, of course, the crystal ball question always is other rates going to go up again next month. Right. Is, is right. the next is the next rate sort of looming in the back? Is it going to be something we need to be concerned about? Look, you always have to be concerned about interest rates, but the check and balance there is. Be assured, if the rates go up, the prices will come down. So your payment will not change. So don't let that keep you out of the market because it's all relative. And it was relative. If you look back at um, uh, February of 2022, when the mm -hmm. prices had hit a peak, folks were like, oh, I just got you know $1.2 million for my home. But you had to take that money and go buy another home. So it was still right. relative. So you didn't really gain anything um, from a from an equity position because now that home value has come down. So yes, you may have made, unless you sold and left the country and didn't buy anything, you really didn't come out further ahead. So interest rates are the only reason that prices come down. Will the prices go up? Uh, well, sorry, will the interest rates go up? Unlikely in my opinion. I think after the eight consecutive increases in rates, we can take a little bit of a breather. And I think that inflation is starting to come under control. Um, other things need to be done, such as supply chain and construction costs and, and, and creating more housing and all of that will have a huge bearing on all of this. But I don't expect rates to continue rising, not the pace that they did anyways. A lot of food for thought, for sure. We do need to take a final break here on Ask the Experts. When we come back, buying new or buying previously owned the pros and cons for both you're listening to ask the experts here on city news 570. welcome back to the show my guest today faisal Susie walla also known as canada's top real estate broker listeners if you'd like a chance to chat with faisal yourself you can start by going to homeshack.com you can also call faisal directly 519-624-5555 or through email Faisal at homeshack.com. In this last section today, Faisal, we're taking a look at something buying new versus buying resale and what the advantages and disadvantages are to, uh, to each of those options. And prior to this, we were having a quick discussion about uh, a friend of mine years ago telling me he could never, he could never live in someone else's house and had to buy brand new. Is that, is that just him or you've, you've heard that before? Oh, I've heard that many, many times. And, 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 you know, it's a real thing. There are folks out there that I just do not want to buy someone else's home. And if they do, they're basically wanting to strip out the carpets and paint and do everything over right down. You know, they don't want to use someone else's old toilets. Like it's just, it's amazing what comes out of these conversations. And yeah, absolutely. There's a, a large population out there that just will not even consider buying a resale home for that reason. But it's more of a personal preference, not right. maybe an economic reason behind it. Um, sure. we're, but that is a huge question that we're having now is should I wait to buy new or should I just look at resale homes? And there's so many factors involved because we have to look at 
number one, availability. Right. So what's on the market? What are your needs? Do you need a home in a certain area? Are there developments in that area? If there are developments in those areas, are they going through? Are they going to be ready in time? So those are all big questions to ask. Right now, we've had sort of a disparity in the values of brand new homes versus uh, a resale home. When the market was um, at its peak, a lot of developments had commenced. And if, if you recall back about a year and a half ago, there was a lot of news about builders who were returning deposits to their, to their uh, buyers because they saw an opportunity, quite frankly, to make more money because those homes would have been sold a year prior. So if a year and a half ago, they were trying to re return, return your deposit, they had sold that property a year prior to that. So now the market had gained 50, 60% since they, right. so they're like, hang on, we have to pay enormous costs because building material prices, everything have gone up. There's Absolutely. no way we can turn a profit or even break even by building this property or building this home on this property. So let's refund the money, use the out that we have and get out of it. Now, what has happened is those builders have lots that they paid premiums for. They don't have the buyers and the construction cost is still relatively high. Right. And then the market took a downturn. So we're seeing resale market went down 30%. So I'll give you an example of a resale home versus a brand new home. A brand new home, will, the value of the lot will be anywhere from 12 to 15,000 per front foot. And what right. I mean by that is a 50 foot frontage of a lot can be at 12,000 would be 600,000 for that lot at uh, 15,000 would be 750,000 depending on the location. To construct that home for the builder, let's say it's $250 per square foot. So that brings us to um, a 2,000 square foot home is a $500,000 construction cost. Then there's soft costs such as levies and development charges and whatnot. So let's say that the builder's cost is between 1.2 to 1.3 million for that 2,000 square foot home on that 50 or 60 foot lot. The buyer's looking at the marketplace and saying, okay, what does a 2,000 square foot resale home cost in the open market today? 900,000, 950,000 with double car garage on a 50 or 60 foot lot. So does it make sense for me to pay that builder? It did when the values were 1.3, 1.4 million. And when there were 15 offers on every home, it did. So what are builders saying? Builders saying, well, hang on. I need to get that money just to break even, let alone make a profit. So I'm not going to build right now. I'll just wait. Right. Now, that has already stopped a lot of buyers from buying new. And they're coming back to the resale market. So for that reason, one of those, and that reason alone, I predict that we're going to see a surge in the resale market because the demand is going to continue to increase. People are seeing rates starting to level off or even come down in some instances. So they're saying, well, we don't want to wait for the next boom to get into the market. There's no new homes out there. I would encourage builders to build right now, but it has to make financial sense for them. So if they Absolutely. bought the land, yeah, if they bought the land at a reasonable price, 
and they are able to get their material costs down and their labor costs down and the levies and the development charge um, uh, reduced like Bill 23 is supposed to be doing, and if all of that actually happens, then there may be an opportunity for builders to step back into the market. We're also seeing some builders in the market right now that are in line with the market. And those are the projects that you have to investigate and look at and say, okay, does this make sense? And the formula that I just and, and, and just spoke of right now um, is a very simple formula. You can look at, okay, what is the cost of that land? What is the cost to construct that unit? What is the resale going for of a similar unit? And if it's within 10%, then, then like the person you were saying, your friend might say, well, I don't mind paying an extra five or 10% because it's new. I get to pick my colors. And there's always value in having brand new when you get to pick and choose what you want. You get the upgrades, you get exactly the way you want it. Yes, you'll pay a premium, but you'll get exactly what you want. The upside to that is, of course, that your maintenance is going to be reduced. So you're not having to worry about replacing furnaces and roof and windows and air conditioning and, and all the other things that come along with a resale or an older home. So you do save a little bit there. So you might think on the onset that buying new, I'm paying a premium, but remember all the other costs that you're not going to have. And now to play devil's advocate, when you buy brand new, you have to worry about if you're buying a resale, uh, uh, sorry, a new home, you're mm -hmm. talking about fencing, decks, window coverings, uh, landscape, driveway, all of those things that you, we take for granted in resale, you're going to have to spend the money on uh, in a brand new home. So when, and and I think we've talked about this before, the idea that you're, you're, you're going to buy a house, but you're going to turn it into a home. And that idea of, do you want to start fresh? Do you want to start, you're the first owner of this property, Okay, great, but you know, then that that idea of you do get to pick your colors and all of those things, but you also have to deal with all of the the uh, all of the extra little pieces that go along. Whereas in some in some people's minds, it's like I'm going to move in. This place is ready to go. Sure, there may be down the road it needs a new water softener, it needs a new furnace, those kinds of things. But it really, and as you said, it it boils down to that personal choice, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, just as I said about homeowners looking in the rearview mirror saying, well, in the peak market, I was getting X amount of dollars for my resale home or my neighbor got X, so I should get the same price. Builders are no different. Builders right. are some of them are still stuck in those old prices. And some of them are still trying to sell at those old prices, trying to recoup their investment. Other builders said, we're going to shelf the project altogether. And we're not going to put it on the market and we'll wait until the market turns around. And then there's a third type of builder, which I appreciate is actually actively out there constructing right now, putting homes on the market or introducing homes on the market, whether it be condos, stacked townhomes, single detached homes, but they're in line with today's pricing. They're in line with what resale market is selling with. And they're saying, well, look, we want to be the alternative to a resale home, not the premium to a resale home. And I think those builders are going to do very well, provided they can keep their costs in line. And look, everyone's got to come out as a winner in this situation. They cannot, we cannot say, well, 
it doesn't matter if the builder breaks even because if the if that's all the builder is going to get is a break even proposition they're better off to just shelf the project and wait until the market turns around because as i've said in the past in the next year and a half to two years is probably a great buying opportunity for any buyer entering the market because we've had a reset but the fundamentals of our market have not changed immigration is going to continue to fuel demand and demand is going to increase values because we don't have the supply. We have an 80,000 home shortage in this region of Waterloo. Where are those homes going to come from? That's the big question. So don't wait too, too long to enter the market because you're going to be right back to where you were a year ago, bidding to buy instead of offering to buy. I'm glad we end on a question because that means you're going to have to come back on the show again. Absolutely. It's like you've done this before. Faisal, I want to thank you again for coming on the show today. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, I learn something new every time we talk. And, uh, and thanks for giving us that time today. Thanks for having me on, Brock. That was Faisal Suziwala, Canada's top real estate broker, recently published author of The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker, and luckily for us, someone willing to share his thoughts on the current real estate market. Big thank you to our technical producer, Adam Sanderson, for pushing all the right buttons. And thanks to you, listeners, for joining us. You've been listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570.